Dogs Podcast with your hosts, Blake Rineker, Justin Charles, John Nye, and Josh All. What's up, Browns fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Dogs Podcast presented by Omaha Steaks. Josh All alone with you today. I'm here on Monday recording this video, just kicking it, waiting for the uh, Discord show to start in the after hours beforehand. I'm the only one in the studio here tonight. John and Justin are both unavailable, and Blake doesn't come until the main episode. So I'm sitting here thinking, well, what am I going to do until the Discord show starts? And I thought, well, I've been posting some stuff on Twitter, and maybe I'll just go ahead and make a video to release later in the week to break down a couple things that happened yesterday in the Rams game where, you know, at this point in time, you've already seen our reaction show to the Browns losing 36-19 to the Los Angeles Rams. So let me pull up Twitter here, and I've got some PFF stats. I think this will probably be a pretty short show. I don't know. I'm Like I said, I'm just sitting here off the cuff recording. So I wanted to talk about the secondary because as we were watching that game, um, it was pretty evident that the Browns defense just wasn't there. We were getting no pressure on Matthew Stafford. He was picking us apart. The receivers were getting wide open and picking up huge chunk plays. Again, the Browns defense continues to give up big chunk plays, and it's it's really starting to kill us, especially when we're not getting home against the quarterback. We're not generating any pressure in the backfield you know, to offset some of those big plays where, you know, maybe they go and they pick up a 20-yard game, but then we can you know, turn around and get a sack and any race, you know, five or six of those yards or whatever. So it just was not happening. And it was just a whole game full of it. So I did post this on Twitter after I did some PFF premium stat evaluations. I know a lot of people that I was, I was reading comments online and talking to some people and it was, man, the Brown secondary is terrible. Greg Newsom, Martin Emerson, these guys are not the same without Denzel Ward. Like they suck, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, after the game and we watched the the crap on the field and everything, that's fair. I mean, it's a fair evaluation right away, right? Right after, immediately after the game. But then, you know, as this, the, the more information comes out and we look into this, the Brown secondary was not quite as bad as what it felt like watching the game. And that's because just, just because a big play was given up to a, a receiver does not mean that it was given up because of the cornerback. So let's just look at this. So versus Puka Nakua, who absolutely freaking torched the Browns, and he only caught four passes for 100 and, oh, 104 yards and a touchdown or something like that. That's it for the day. Now, this is a guy that began the season. He's a rookie, mind you. Puka Nakua began the season getting 10, 11, all the way up to like 15, not targets, catches a game. So he was only targeted, I think it was like seven times. He only caught four passes, but again, he went over the century mark, had a touchdown. He was in and out of the game multiple times with various injuries. So that definitely had something to do with his low, you know, catch total and target share and all that stuff. But let's look at Puka Nakua. When Greg Newsom was responsible for Puka Nakua on a play, Greg Newsom surrendered zero catches for zero yards. When Martin Emerson was responsible for Puka Nakua, Martin Emerson gave up one catch for three yards. So our two top cornerbacks with Denzel Ward out of the lineup, 
had absolutely no part in the the Puka Nakua explosion for the Rams against Cooper Cup. One of the absolute best receivers in the NFL, Greg Newsom, gave up one catch for 13 yards. Martin Emerson gave up one catch for six yards. So between Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup, two absolutely dominant receivers in the NFL who had good games against the Browns the other day, our top two cornerbacks gave up just three total catches the entire game to those two guys for 20 two yards total. Not bad. So not bad, but then, you know, you got to look at the whole game, look at the stats and everything. Well, then where the hell did, you know, all the damage come from? So huge chunk of the Rams receiving yards came on one mismatch schemed up. They got Puka Nakua against Sione Takitaki, the linebacker for the Browns who gave up the one seventy yard catch for the touchdown. That just killed us. Sucked the wind out of of the Browns. And I mean, honestly, while it was a close game late into the fourth quarter, it was 20 to 19 when things really fell apart. But I mean, this if you watch this game, just because the score was close doesn't mean the game was close. At no point did it feel like the Browns had any sort of upper hand or like they should even be in the game with this Rams team right now. That's what it felt like to me. I don't know about you guys. Let me know in the comments how you were feeling watching the game. My reactions, my takeaway from the game was from the jump. We just, outside of our our first drive, we went went down the field pretty easily and scored. Joe Flacco looked great. He was like, wow, this offense is really clicking. This could be a good day. Rams turn around and immediately score against us. And it's like, okay, well, shit. So let's go back to the receivers for the Rams and everything. So, Outside of Sione Takitaki, Mike Ford, the cornerback who's kind of been filling in with Denzel Ward out, he was an absolute liability in the secondary. And eventually he was replaced in this game. So Mike Ford surrendered six catches for 53 yards before he was taken out. He was taken out. Khalif Halisi was put in. He did a little bit better. He allowed just three catches for 22 yards. But that hole where Denzel Ward is being missed it's it's not being reflected on any poor performance, at least in this game, by Newsom and Emerson. They did their job. They held it down. They played well. It was the replacement for Denzel Ward. Mike Ford and Khalif Halisi, just not up to the billing in this one. So, I, you know, hopefully Jim Schwartz gets this figured out. You know, I thought that throughout most of the game, the one guy that I personally was the most worried about based on how the Browns run defense was really sucking in recent weeks, especially on the road on away games this year. I was worried that Kyron Williams was just going to chunk us up big chunk yards. And for the most part, up until the fourth quarter, the Browns did a pretty good job. I felt like of limiting Kyron Williams, the Rams don't have any other running backs, at least not that they really use when Williams is healthy. So they shut him down for the most part. I feel like they did a really good job of limiting him and not giving up any big plays or letting him dominate us on the ground. But also, to be fair, that was also um, contributed to by the fact that we couldn't stop anybody through the air. This episode is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. Browns fans, you've heard me talking about Omaha Steaks for like three years now. And Seriously, the only reason that I I keep doing it is because I love Omaha Steaks. That's the reason I reached out to Omaha Steaks to establish a partnership in the first place. This food is absolutely extraordinary. It comes at a really 
really great price. I mean, think about the price you're paying for meats and all kinds of foods right now. The price you pay for the quality you get at Omaha Steaks cannot be matched, beat, anything, anywhere. And this holiday season, Omaha Steaks is the absolute perfect gift to get all the loved ones in your life. For me, it just makes Christmas shopping and getting people gifts that much easier. What do you get for people that, one, you don't really know what they want, you don't really know what they need, and they pretty much have everything they need anyway. People can always use meat. They can always use food. Get them Omaha Steaks gift packs. They throw it in the freezer, and it's the gift that just keeps on giving. Go to omahasteaks.com and save 50% off site-wide. Plus, when you use our promo code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, when you check out, you get an additional $30 off your order. Send the loved ones in your life, the tender, juicy butcher's cut filet mignons, the mouth-watering burgers, the gourmet jumbo franks, or even those easy-to-prepare meals that are ready in a flash. So get this offer now while it lasts this holiday season. Omaha Steaks is ready to ship your order right away. So visit omahasteaks.com. Take advantage of 50% off site-wide, plus use promo code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, when you check out to get that extra $30 off your order. Happy holidays, everybody, and Merry Christmas. Minimum order may be required. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. They were finding the mismatches in the secondary. They were getting guys. I mean, Grant Delpit did okay, but guys like Tyler Higby were leaking out and getting big yardage against our linebackers. It just wasn't pretty overall, but I I just wanted to sit down, record this, talk about primarily those two guys, Newsom and Emerson, because I feel like there's been a lot of uh, bad talk about those two. Not necessarily fair based on the numbers, based on the stats, based on how everything was broken down after the game was over and everybody went back and looked at it. So I do think that, you know, all the talk of, oh, I knew some can't play, you know, football anymore, not without Ward on the field. I think our corners are okay. These guys are doing okay. You know, the Denver game, again, like we got beat on some big plays here and there, but it was not a huge output from Russell Wilson in the Broncos offense. It wasn't like their receivers were getting, you know, 10 catches for, you know, 150 yards. They had like three, but it was just for big yards because they got the big, the one big play, and that's what's been killing the Browns' defense since week one. Well, I take that back. Not not week one because the Bengals couldn't do jack against us in week one, but it's been killing the Browns all season. Is just that it's that one 
big chunk play that happens every freaking game for the most part. And, you know, sometimes the team can bounce back from it. Sometimes it destroys us. I mean, it kind of started in week two. George Pickens just broken coverage, whatever it was, just goes for that's what was 69 yard touchdown or something. So these big plays keep happening and wow, they're frustrating. They it's, it's all those other medium sized, we'll call it chunk plays throughout the game that are killing us. The one big play we could live with if we could limit all those other ones, because while our offense is not good, it's also not horrible considering what we're playing with. I mean, we we're playing with Joe Flacco. We're playing with Kareem Hunt, playing with Jerron Christian, our quarterback, our running back, and our left tackle. Three very, very, very important positions on offense, wouldn't you say? And all three of those guys were not on the team to start the season. They've all been signed midseason. Not traded for, not any of the, they're not high-profile guys. I know everybody loves Kareem Hunt. We love Kareem Hunt. He's not a high-profile guy anymore. And these are the guys holding down the fort for the Browns offense right now. So it's not ideal. It's not good. But, I mean, to hang around in this game with the defense not playing well at all for the most part, Miles Garrett, for the first time in his career, did not record a single stat. Um, and it was a season high in snap percentage for him. So something's going on there. Just all around, not a good game. But for the Browns offense to somehow Joe Flacco, these guys were able to still hang in there till the very end, till the wheels just absolutely <laughs> fell off and, and everything fell apart. You know, it, it's encouraging to see is kind of what I'm getting at here. It's encouraging to see that Joe Flacco at 38, almost 39 years old comes in cold off the street playing backyard football with his kids comes into a game and starts on the road for a team that he has no familiar rarity with i mean he's he has no chemistry with these receivers these pass catchers who by the way suck anyway we have like the least talented group of pass catchers i've ever seen this is bad i mean it's just pathetic but that's another point for another day primarily is going to be a point for the offseason because there ain't much we can do about it now so Joe Flacco, I thought, great performance. Yes, he threw the big pick at the end, but, you know, that's Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco, if you look back, especially in recent years, I mean, he's still got the strong arm. He's not afraid to take shots downfield. He's going to go downfield. We don't have the downfield players to get those plays completed, unfortunately. But, you know, deep shot, Flacco dropped back, thought he had something, said, screw it, I'm going to rip it. And, No, that's just the gunslinger mentality. So you get what you get with that kind of player. And overall, I think Joe Flacco did pretty well. And we will see about the starting quarterback situation moving forward. But I do think he gives us the best chance to win. He lacks mobility, but he definitely has the poise and confidence and the arm strength. He's got the touch. I I think he's the right guy at this point in time in the season with all the injuries to just ride this thing out with. So we got to get to 10 wins to have a legitimate shot for the playoffs. We still got games against the Bears, Jets, and Bengals teams that, I mean, even with Joe Flacco and a banged-up team all around, we should be able to beat. And if we steal one from the Jaguars or Texans, I'm hoping the Jags because I don't know about the Texans right now. They're pretty damn good. We're still a playoff team. So that's encouraging. That's awesome. Just think about that. You are part of a Cleveland Browns football season where injuries would have... Look at the Jets. They're four and eight or whatever. Injuries would have had this team 
in such a bad spot, such a bad record so far down in years past that, you know, they wouldn't even be worth knowing that they're playing on Sunday at this point in the season. And instead, this team, kudos to Kevin Stefanski, again, for having this team in the position they're in to still be in the playoff mix. So come back, keep watching, keep watching the Browns, keep rooting for everything, follow us, follow the channel. I mean, we're not done. We're, we're riding this season out all the way. We're with you all off season and we'll be back next season. We never stop this year round podcast. So tune in. If you, if you're new to the show, thank you. We appreciate it. We love you guys. The support for this show is great. If you want to be part of our Patreon group, the dog pack, go to join the dogs.com, become an official Patreon member. We really appreciate everybody and your support. If you like this video, subscribe to the channel on YouTube. That helps us too. If you're listening on audio, subscribe there, like the show, everything. We appreciate all you guys. And again, and you know, we'll have the preview episode for the Jaguars game coming up this week. It's going to be a little bit different. Uh, that, that, that'll be a normal show, but then the Jaguars preview is going to actually be Sunday afternoon, evening following the game, because I'm going to be on vacation next week. So I can't, I produce the show. I do everything here. So I can't, I won't be able to do it from vacation. So we're going to do it Sunday night, hopefully talking about a win. And then, you know, we will wrap up the last month of this season together. We got to, we got to hang in there. We got to realize what we're working with and just be grateful that this team is doing what it's doing with those limited options. So until I talk to you guys again, let's go Browns. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Dogs Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and follow us on Twitter at The Dogs Podcast. Get your thoughts on the show at thedogspodcast.com. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.